The Gospel according to Mark, chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. Again he entered the synagogue, and a man was there with a withered hand. And they watched Jesus to see whether he would heal him on the Sabbath so that they might accuse him. And he said to the man with the withered hand, Come here. And he said to them, Is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do harm, to save life or to kill? But they were silent. And he looked around at them with anger, grieved at their hardness of heart, and said to the man, Stretch out your hand. He stretched it out, and his hand was restored. The Pharisees went out and immediately held counsel with the Herodians against him, how to destroy him. Jesus withdrew his disciples to the sea, and a great crowd followed from Galilee and Judea, and Jerusalem and Edumea, and from beyond the Jordan and from around Tyre and Sidon. When the great crowd heard all that he was doing, they came to him, and he told his disciples to have a boat ready for him because of the crowd, lest they crush him. For he had healed so many, and so that all who had diseases pressed around him to touch him. And whenever the unclean spirits saw him, they fell down before him and cried out, You are the Son of God. And he strictly ordered them not to make him known. This is the word of the Lord. Earlier this week, I was, uh, uh, really it was last uh, weekend, I was watching a game, and uh, on that game showed up a, no surprise, a commercial, right? Normally, if an ad shows up, you either hit the skip button, right, or or you fast forward. But this one uh, about TikTok caught my ear, and it caught my ear primarily, especially in a, a not only the, the sweet work that this particular company was uh, doing on, in Idaho that uh, TikTok was talking about, but also because of what this bakery owner said at uh, the very end of the, me- of the commercial. So I want to uh, share this ad with you, not as an advertisement, but as an opportunity to listen uh, for things that we long for. And notice especially the very last line of this ad. And my husband and I own the Village Bakery located in Hayden, Idaho. Our mission is to employ people with different abilities. TikTok is allowing us to show what acceptance looks like on a day-to-day basis here at the bakery. This is a community of just complete and utter love. It's the people that lift you up when you're down. People on TikTok do that on a daily basis, and I've never found a community like that ever. Did you catch that? stuck out to me. I've never found a community like that ever. And as we exist in relationship with one another, isn't it true that we, you and I, we hunger for authentic community. Authentic community, deep, important, intimate relationships to be known and to know. And it's no wonder that we who are made in the image of God hunger for those kind of relationships. Because God first established a community between us and God in creation. And then, making us male and female, established this 
thing called family and marriage. And then extended that with his chosen people, which we are now grafted into, who have become the church called the body of Christ. God has been doing this from the beginning, bringing us into community, into deep relationship with himself, with us and one another. And then, for the sake of being a blessing to others, blessed to be a blessing. And God has been doing this because that is who God is. He reveals himself to us as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God reveals himself to us in relationship. Theologians call that perichoresis. Not, uh, uh, do I share this with you so you can win at Scrabble, but so that you can remember, right? That God does this with his identity. He does this. He lives in a relationship. So no wonder we who are made in his image long for that kind of community. In fact, we get uh, glimpses of the joy of this community that God has for us. You even see that, for example, marriage is a, is a living picture of sacrifice. In Ephesians 4, that marriage that God establishes meant to be this uh, intimate, sacrificial relationship of love, a picture of our relationship with God. In the first century, uh, as uh, uh, God's people celebrated wedding feasts, one scholar pointed out uh, many folks would consider it the best week of their lives because they wouldn't have to work that week, for one thing, but also because there would be a feast every single day for seven days. And they'd be surrounded by people who love them, this community. And so we too now, as the bride of Christ, his church, one day we'll celebrate the wedding feast that will have no end. God has come to bring us life and joy. And we pray for that to happen every time we pray the Lord's Prayer, when we pray, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. We ask for that to happen in us by his word and grace. And we experience life and joy in God's presence with our relationship with him, but also through community that he has established. What kind of community is God establishing here in the gospel of Mark? As we encounter this scene in chapter 3, it's one where Jesus is acting on the Sabbath based on the gospel and not the law. Now, this is confusing for the Pharisees. You and I would probably think the same way they did if we were there and wanted to be faithful to God. We might think, well, if this person is not of the law, then he must be of the evil one and of demons. That's what they thought. And so, 
Jesus was at war with evil and the evil one, but not in the way that they thought he was. Because he was not using the law to do it, but the gospel. Jesus was, as we'll keep reading in this text, at war, and we'll get a hint for that, because in one of the very, very rare cases, we hear Jesus getting angry. Angry because of those who would oppose his work for life. Let's take a look at what's happening here in this setting. First, in the first six verses there, Jesus is being watched. He's being watched. One scholar pointed out that maybe he was also being set up. That this man with the withered hand was possibly brought there because they knew, as uh, Stephen Paulson put it, Jesus couldn't resist to heal him. Now, it's interesting, isn't it, that Jesus' opponents, the question for them wasn't whether he could heal, but whether he would heal on the Sabbath. They'd already acknowledged that he could do this. And they suspected that it would be uh, from some sort of demonic or uh, work of the evil one. Jesus will put that to rest later in the chapter when he tells us uh, that a kingdom divided uh, amongst itself cannot stand. He lets us know that this is the work of God. But as uh, they put Jesus to the test, he asks them a question, right? Which would be better for me to heal on the Sabbath or as one scholar paraphrased it, allow for, since it was understood that a withered hand like that, part of the body was a representation of death and not life. Therefore, to ignore it would be a form of involuntary manslaughter. And so the case here was between life and death And Jesus, we know what he decided. He brought healing as he invited that man to stretch out his hand. They were right. He couldn't resist. But they would come to find that it was because of the gospel and of the type of healing, joyful community that Jesus is establishing that the gospel is a place of life. And as opposed to death. And in a culture so often around us of death, we remember today that Jesus brings life. But this word immediately shows up here again in verse 6. You'll recall that that word immediately, if you've been walking through Mark with us, is a marker in the gospel or in Greek, euthis. And this marker immediately lets us know that this is something we should pay attention to or it is moving us on to hear what's coming next. I like how uh, one scholar, Paviola, put it, that the gospel of Mark follows Jesus on a road to the cross. And that road is get, gets these uh, markers, youthus, or immediately signals 
The straight path of this road, it's urgent path towards the cross. These milestones are marked with immediately. It's interesting that when the Herodians and the Pharisees come together again, it'll be right before Jesus will go to the cross. And so this opposition that we see here in Mark chapter 3 is a stark contrast as Jesus is working towards life and the picture of life that God has come to bring, the Pharisees and the Herodians are off plotting to kill him with death. It's a real contrast of opposites. There is a spiritual enemy as we'll keep reading in the following verses that Jesus will cast out evil and demons and continue to heal. And what happens as he does that, as you read in verse 7, is something special. As he withdraws with his disciples to the sea, we notice, many scholars will, that They get to participate in what he's doing. This is the beginning, in many ways, of his invitation uh, to their participation. It's no wonder that they'll, in the verses that follow verse 12, uh, we'll read the calling of the disciples by name. And so Jesus is inviting us, his people, to participate in this life-giving work And he tells us, as we learned last week, and we'll hear again in many ways this week, that we get to bind and unbind sin. We get to participate in this life-giving work, this forgiveness of sin. How do we know that? When we get to verse 27 in the chapter, Jesus gives us this mini little parable of the strong man being bound before his house can be plundered. And what is the strong man? He is the law. The law is being bound, and what is being plundered is none other than the forgiveness of sin. Jesus is bringing forgiveness of sin, and we get to participate in it. We get to sow it. We get to be with him. He does all this on the Sabbath bringing healing, life, joy, recreating the kind of community that he intended from the beginning with him, with family, with friends, with community, with his chosen people, with the body of Christ. And so Jesus today, right now on this Sabbath, is still recreating community. We know the burden that sin has placed on those relationships in our lives. Most of us here have been affected by that burden and brokenness and heartache. And Jesus is coming to bring death to life. He's coming to recreate the community that he always intended with us and him and with us and one another. And he's still healing on the Sabbath right now before us. He's healing your heart and mine. And he's still waging war with evil, opposing 
death with life. Bringing the good news of the gospel. And so God invites us this morning to receive what he has come to give. This path that will take him to the cross. This healing which he brings through the gospel that notice his word does all the work. But there was no law in the Old Testament, by the way, for not healing on the Sabbath. In fact, the 39 categories in the Mishnah, that's the fence that uh, God's people, the Jews, put around the law itself to protect them from breaking the, the central law. In the Mishnah, they had 39 categories of things you, you shouldn't do on the Sabbath. And healing wasn't included in those categories. But Jesus busts through all of that by the perspective of at least the Pharisees as an outlaw to live by the gospel and bring his word. And just as he said, let there be light in the beginning, he now says, let there be light again by saying, unstretch your hand. And he says that to you. And he wars against evil in this world for life. And he does it all by his word. Let his word do the work in your heart this morning. Participate then in the sowing of this good work. And yes, some days it will be hard when we're at war with this world, with light against darkness, but we will experience the joy and life that Jesus has to bring with him and with his community that we might be able to say as we live in community together and experience what it means to be the body of Christ as God intended. And yes, even this community can get corrupted sometimes and we need that grace anew, that recreation. So that some days, this day maybe, by his healing on this Sabbath, we can say, I've never experienced a community like this. So let's hear a testimony to that end. As our sister in Christ, Kaya, shares what this community has meant to her. And may her witness be an inspiration for us to live as Jesus who comes not to still kill and destroy, but come to bring life and life abundantly. As Jesus does this, let us be participants in it. Let's hear from Kaya. What I love about faith is it is a place where you're challenged to grow in your faith, no matter how long or short you've been a part of the church, while being surrounded by people who love you and um, encourage you to just be a better person and grow in um, your studies and your leadership and your uh, relationship with Christ, most importantly. Currently, my husband and I, we lead the marriage ministry group that formed out of the young adult ministry um, that we were a part of when we met. In the past few years, we just noticed a real call on our hearts to, to create a marriage ministry. Having a place where couples could come together and be encouraged and talk about struggles and um, their journeys as married, uh, from just married, newly married to you know, 50 plus years of marriage, and that group has grown into uh, a really important 
part of our lives and friends that have come from that group. And so we get together and we study or um, go through topical just conversations and just encourage each other to, to remain in each other's lives and support each other in, in our marriage. A spiritually defining moment for me all relates back to relationship and, and finding comfort in the leaders of our church. My mother passed away in 2016 and her funeral was here and um, Jerry was such an important part of that. The way that he led me and my family through that time um, and then also led, um, he married me and my husband just later that year. So my lowest point and my highest point have both been at faith and, um, and that's what you know draws us here and keeps us here. My husband and I give to faith because we understand that pouring into something um, is, is going to grow us, it's going to grow the community, it's going to grow our family here at faith. But because of the fruit that comes from giving, whether it's time, talent, or treasure, um, we just have seen relation. it's always going to come back to relationships for us. So we've seen relationships come from that. Um, whether they be in the church or people we encounter outside of the church. But we only strengthen in those areas because we challenge ourselves to give um, of ourselves and of our time and of our, of our treasure as well. When we walk this Jesus-shaped path that we use a shorthand term for all in, that's just talking about our mission to lead others to Christ and to walk this path with God, with each other, and the people we encounter. And so thank you, Kaya, for that witness to that. And you'll see that witness get played out now right here in our liturgy in worship today. We get to respond to what God has done, this work of life, by praising him in song, by confessing him in creed, by connecting to one another as an experience to offer that to the Lord together and then respond to him in offering and then come to him in prayer. All of this is a work of God's word in our life. And so let's begin with that beautiful witness uh, before us from Kaya and with the even more beautiful word from the Lord that he is recreating and bringing life. Let's worship him for it now. As Emmaus comes forward to lead us, Let's worship God in song together, for he is the great I am. As you're able, I invite you friends to stand with them and praise God for this new thing that he is doing among us.